Hello and welcome to the MyCare Champion Cast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Laura Hall of the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. Today we're talking about maternal health, the trends we're seeing around maternal deaths, and the work healthcare providers in Michigan hospitals are doing to keep moms and babies safe. First, we'll talk to Dr. Frank Anderson of the University of Michigan's Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology about what physicians are seeing when they look at the data around maternal mortality and why this is a rising concern. When you look at the national data sets, you see increased trends in maternal mortality. There's been a lot of work to try to figure out exactly what those trends are, and I think that we all agree that there are some changes that are occurring in the health of women that put them at increased risk for maternal mortality. And I think we also have seen that the ways of measuring have increased the number of false positives. And so there's, there's an increase in maternal mortality, both from the health of women and probably some measurement issues. Sometimes it's hard to know if a woman actually died a maternal death or not. And so we have to get into some definitions when we talk about it. But typically a maternal a, a maternal death occurs when a woman dies from complications of pregnancy, childbirth, or in the postpartum period from conditions related to the pregnancy. But in order to find those women, we actually have to cast a wider net. In the state of Michigan, the Department of Health and Human Services identifies every woman who died in the last year, and then matches birth certificates and fetal death certificates to see if that woman had a baby in the last year. And so all of those records get reviewed by the two maternal mortality review committees in the state. We also then find women who died from car accidents. We find women who died from drug overdoses. We find women who died from homicides. And we find women who died from suicides and other things that may or may not be related to the pregnancy. So in the past, we limited our maternal mortality statistics just to the women that died from pregnancy complications. And so the changes in the definitions increase the number of women that we identified as potential maternal deaths. So when we take that, that large number, we see there's a lot of women dying while pregnant or within a year of pregnancy. And then we have to look more clearly to see, well, which ones are the ones associated with drug abuse, what we can do about that, which ones are due to suicides, what we can do about that, and which ones are due to pregnancy complications. And speaking about pregnancy complications, can you um, explain, you know, why delivering a baby is so potentially dangerous? Uh, I kind of liken it to driving a car. You know, generally a car is pretty safe to drive. And so is pregnancy. Most pregnancies evolve well they, during prenatal care and with prenatal care and, and, and labor delivery facilities, most of the deliveries are, are normal. So I think we need to say, first off, that most pregnancies are normal and aren't dangerous. Like most car trips are, are normal and not dangerous. And then there's always a risk associated with any activity that we do. And so there are risks associated with pregnancy. Pregnancy is an interesting physiologic state. The blood volume increases, um, changes in the physiology of pregnancy predisposed to one complication called preeclampsia where the blood pressure can go up. Other metabolic changes increase people's risk for diabetes in pregnancy. Other things that can happen only in pregnancy, you know, can cause complications as well. So there's 
different physiologic states that have changed when, when a woman is pregnant. And they're not inherently dangerous. So part of prenatal care is like a seatbelt. You go to prenatal care and you see your physician or your midwife, and we have timed tests throughout the pregnancy to detect any complications that might start to occur. And once we detect those, then we can act on them. And if we act on them early enough, many of the potentially dangerous complications can be prevented, complications that may affect the mother and also affect the baby. So if someone develops high blood pressure, we deliver them early before these complications turn into something more serious. But just like a car, if you had a, an accident, you need emergency care right away. And so sometimes during pregnancy, the complications that occur require an action right by the physician and, and, and nurse team to, to act quickly. And so one of the most common causes of maternal mortality in the past, anyway, had been hemorrhage. And so how can we react as quickly as possible to a hemorrhage to prevent the you know, severe complications that occur when a hemorrhage goes un, untreated? So you know, the specialty of obstetrics is around treating those complications. So again, pregnancy is generally a safe condition, but when complications occur, the physician team needs to be ready to act. Generally, on maybe a statewide level or, you know, larger level, you know, what efforts are being undertaken to kind of keep moms and babies safe and deal with some of these potential dangerous uh, situations? If you don't mind, I'd like to go back one minute to, to look at the risks of, of pregnancy again, because there is some misunderstanding about the, about the numbers, about maternal mortality ratios in the state of Michigan. So I'd like to refer you to a recently released report by the state of Michigan about maternal mortality from 2011 to 2015. And during that five-year period, there were 411 women who died while pregnant or within a year of pregnancy. But when we looked closer at that, we actually found that 66 of those deaths were identified as pregnancy-related deaths, which puts that at about 14 per year. So as we were talking about the data before, we see that the number of women who died from pregnancy-related causes is, is quite a bit lower than what we already assume. Now, the thing about it is any preventable death that occurs is preventable. We should be eliminating any preventable maternal death now, also, when we look at those 66 deaths, unfortunately, there are things that happen in pregnancy that, that we can't take care of, just like, you know, an accident where someone passes away and we can't do anything about it. So either all the care was given appropriately or there was something inherent about the woman. Maybe she had an aneurysm. Uh, maybe she had some other condition that, that led to a death that was pregnancy-related but it wasn't able to be addressed. But going back to preventable maternal deaths, especially hemorrhage deaths, hypertensive deaths, infection deaths, right now there's a great effort in the state to implement the national AIM protocols. Um, these protocols help physicians and nurses and hospitals and hospital administrations to put in place protocols to treat hemorrhage and hypertension and infection and so that all the teams are up to date on the latest and most important information that we need to identify complications when they occur, 
and to treat them effectively. Additionally, the state of Michigan reviews every case of maternal death every year. And so we look at the cases, we look at the factors that were related to preventability, and then we make recommendations for interventions that could prevent future deaths of a similar cause. The state of Michigan has been running these maternal mortality review committees since 1950, and they've made a huge commitment to identifying every death and figuring out what the problems were and how to prevent similar deaths in the future. Um, you know, you talked about some of these non-pregnancy-related or maybe non-medical care-related uh, maternal deaths like drug abuse and suicide, and I could imagine some of those things maybe could be caught or um, there could be some interventions in place to help these moms. Um, are you familiar with uh, any efforts to kind of tackle those issues? So we have... We have the one set of pregnancy issues that are related to pregnancy complications and quality of care and getting all the providers in the state up to speed on current protocols so that each birthing hospital can provide excellent quality of care to eliminate preventable deaths from those causes. But we have a growing problem in the state of Michigan with women, especially in the postpartum period, who are dying from drug overdoses. Frequently, these deaths are associated with other social issues, you know, poverty, um, domestic violence, and intimate partner abuse. And these issues are much more difficult to address. So one of the things that we're trying to do is increase the screening for these problems that occur during prenatal care. But our biggest challenge is linking women who have substance abuse problems to effective care. What advice do you have for moms to be who might be concerned about, you know, risks around pregnancy and delivery um, and wanting to make sure that they're doing everything they can to keep themselves safe? I want to emphasize that most pregnancies are normal. And the birthing hospitals in the state do a fantastic job. And the number of actual maternal deaths from, from pregnancy-related causes is pretty low when you look deep into the numbers. So, so women who attend prenatal care and have uh, and establish with their, their provider, whether it's a, a physician or a midwife, and they're connected to their hospital, um, I think pregnancy is going to be very safe. I think that we still need to advocate that, our, that all of our birthing hospitals are working together to detect any potential weakness that could be fixed so that all complications can be addressed immediately, effectively, with high quality. You know, one of the things I'd like to see, um, I would like to see an increased commitment from the state for a comprehensive program of maternal mortality re reduction, you know, which includes resources to study this at a very detailed level and to be able to get those interventions that we recommend to the legislature and funded and implemented throughout the state. Because it's at this level of these state committees where physicians, social scientists, state workers come together to discuss these issues, to tease out the issues, tease out the weaknesses in the system and then develop the interventions 
that can be used to prevent those types of deaths in the future. And I know that now the state is working very closely with the CDC with new forms and new methods that will allow us to collect that data, analyze it, and make those recommendations. But if we can implement them as quickly as possible, I think that's our way to eliminate preventable maternal mortality. Next, Brittany Bogan, the MHA's Senior Vice President of Safety and Quality and the Executive Director of the MHA Keystone Center, continues with more on how Michigan hospitals and the MHA Keystone Center are partnering with MyAIM, the Michigan Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health, and the Blue Cross Blue Shield-sponsored obstetrics initiative, or OBI, to help moms and babies. So the MHA Keystone Center has been working with Michigan hospitals since 2009 um, through initially our Keystone Obstetrics Collaborative, um, which focused on the implementation of best practices and timely interventions for the elective induction of labor, uh, addressing elective cesarean births, coordinating safe progression of labor, ensuring the optimal care of women with preeclampsia, um, and reducing the rates of postpartum hemorrhage. Uh, So that collaborative ended in 2013 when we really morphed and formed some new partnerships with other groups across the state to continue the work uh, and move our focus uh, really onto maternal mortality uh, and maternal health. So tell us more about the partnerships that are, you know, leading the charge in this effort. Absolutely. So right now we're a member of the Alliance for Innovations in Maternity Care or AIM, as we like to call it in Michigan. That's my AIM. And it's a partnership of the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services the MHA, and the Michigan chapter of the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. It's a wonderful partnership. Uh, we're working on the implementation of safety bundles to address preeclampsia during pregnancy as well as postpartum hemorrhage. Uh, and there's a third safety bundle involved in that around the reduction of primary C-sections. Um, and with that work, that's actually being led through another collaborative in Michigan, uh, the Obstetrics Initiative, which is a Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan-funded uh, collaborative quality improvement group. OBI, as they are termed, uh, works very collaboratively with the MyAIM team, given that it's the same birthing hospitals in Michigan that are implementing safety bundles from both collaboratives. We have some shared data across the organizations um, and really work to give clinical teams and healthcare providers the resources that they need to implement these safety bundles and create the safest environment for moms and their babies. So for years, it seems like the focus was on delivering healthy babies, but lately it seems like the focus is shifting to mom's health during labor and delivery. Can you tell us a little bit about this trend and what's behind that shift in focus? Absolutely. So when the Keystone Obstetrics Collaborative first launched in 2009, as I mentioned, we were focused very much on the health of the baby at the time. Um, Our biggest accomplishment was the reduction in early elective deliveries, or elective deliveries prior to 39 weeks gestation. So uh, it had been common at the time for babies to be born between 37 and 39 weeks. We were really trying to get to that mark of 39 weeks. We made dramatic increases, also saw some reductions in admissions of those babies to neonatal intensive care units and made great strides. Then in 2013 and 2014, when we were starting to merge our efforts with the MyAIM initiative, Uh, There was data coming out of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, as well as from the state, showing that maternal mortality was on the rise. We've seen a lot in the news lately uh, about the rising rates of maternal mortality in the United States at a much higher rate than other countries. Uh, And so from there, we could see some opportunities to address the adverse events that were occurring. 
There's some great disparities in prenatal care provided to women across the country and within our state. Uh, so looking at some of those disparities and looking for opportunities, also recognizing that there were some clear clinical interventions that we could put in place to address both preeclampsia and postpartum hemorrhage, which are two of the leading causes of maternal mortality. Uh, so as I mentioned in 2014, that's where we started to change our focus to looking at maternal mortality measures around preeclampsia and postpartum hemorrhage. What resources are available to um, labor and delivery units and folks working, you know, in Michigan hospitals who want to learn more about these efforts to keep moms and babies safe? Absolutely. First and foremost, uh, we'd encourage them to contact our team at the MHA Keystone Center. We have a lot of toolkits and resources available. Uh, we've been in contact with every birthing hospital in the state, encouraging them to participate. Uh, and our team is here to help along with the teams uh, for both MIAM and OBI initiatives. And um, we offer webinars, in-person events. In fact, on March 12th and 13th, the state has a large maternal and infant health summit occurring here in Lansing. Um, and it's going to be two days of speakers from across the country um, and across the state of Michigan, really tapping into some of our subject matter experts and providing the latest evidence for clinical teams, as well as stories of success. We're making great strides here in the state and um, looking forward to recognizing a number of hospitals across the state that have done really great work. Uh, in making care safer for both moms and babies. The resources Brittany listed will be included in the show notes. And now finally, Amy Zagman, Executive Director of the Michigan Council for Maternal and Child Health, tells us about the public policy side of this issue and what advocates can do to help Michigan moms. We are advocates. Um, the organization only does advocacy and per the direction of our board, um, sets a policy agenda every year um, based on their ideas of what will improve outcomes for mothers, um, babies, and children through adolescence. So um, they are primarily made up of healthcare providers, both at the public health level and um, clinical level, um, in private practice and in the hospital setting. So they have a nice, well-rounded picture of all of the aspects of um, what kind of policy would benefit um, those outcomes. So in terms of public policy that keeps moms and babies safe, where are we succeeding and where are we failing right now? So I think specifically around infant and maternal mortality, um, we're succeeding in rallying everyone. So there's a concerted effort going on right now to rally the medical care community, public health providers, and additional stakeholders really to say, um, we have a problem and what are we going to do about it? And so I think there's a lot of really helpful awareness and attention going on. Um, there's been a lot of um, uh, effort made in the last year really to say, what is our plan and how do we get everyone behind the plan to see some improvement in these rates? I think we're probably falling short in the execution only because it's one thing to have a plan. It's another thing to have the resources and um, all of the individuals that need to be committed in a very sustained long-term way to actually see those rates come down because we didn't get to um, these numbers overnight and we're not going to see a change unless we really um, not only um, are invested but uh, really do it for the long term. Um, what do we hope to see coming out of these efforts in the future? So I think our idea obviously would see, be to see the rates come down. Even more 
So then just saying we simply want to see infant and maternal mortality rates come down, we want to see the disparities come down. So and the biggest issue really when you dig into infant or maternal mortality is the fact that we have very disparate outcomes. For every Caucasian woman who dies um, during childbirth or within the first year, three African-American women will die in Michigan. So we know that we have significant underlying issues, not the least of which is institutional racism. So we've got significant work to do on rates. We have even more significant work to do. And probably it's even harder work. It's more community-based. It's more um, based in sort of long-standing um, racial inequities and other inequities in our communities we've got work to do really to, to see those disparities reduced. Can you dig into a little bit um, how racial disparities can play into care? Somebody who maybe isn't familiar with that as an issue at all um, might not understand why race would play a factor in how somebody's healthcare, you know, plays out and, it, you know, if they've never experienced it. So can you explain that a little bit? I think um, when you when you do a maternal mortality review or a f um, fetal infant mortality review and the reviewers dig in, what they find is that um, people of color may be treated differently throughout the whole continuum of the service delivery. So not only um, might they live in communities um, that don't have as many resources to wrap around families, um, but they may encounter additional barriers to access those services and may even be treated very differently um, when the actual provision of service happens. So timely access to care can be a huge factor in um, you know, potentially saving a pregnant woman, um, preventing um, an adverse birth outcome, and saving an infant. And so it's understanding some, how some of those underlying systems really either lead to lack of access to care in the beginning or when the care is accessed that it's um, you know, not um, as robust for someone um, of color. What kinds of um, strategies can we work towards to try to deal with some of these um, issues? So I think the, some of the immediate um, issues are around standardizing care and making sure that, um, you know, everyone receives top quality care. I think the other is um, more difficult and long-term trying to actually address systems and, um, understand some of the mindsets of why systems have been created in the way that they have and ask ourselves, are we really, do we have systems set up in such a way that we can expect um, to reach um, individuals who may be at higher risk um, of an adverse outcome? Have we really set systems up in a way that we can hope to reach them and impact, um, you know, their, their pregnancies, their deliveries, the the health and well-being of those children, um, or are we expecting the same old systems to work um, just with renewed energy? It's probably not that. It's probably renewing the energy, renewing the resources, and thinking about the systems themselves differently. So if you're somebody who doesn't work in healthcare, but you do care and you're passionate about healthcare, what kinds of things can they do to inf influence public policy and make sure our state's taking good care of our moms and babies? I think engaging in the electoral process, as we had record number of people do last year, and you know, continually emphasizing that issues around maternal health and um, children's health are important is a good first step to make sure we get people elected understanding that their constituents think that's a priority. Um, the other thing is just to, um, I think, understand that while 
roads or things like infrastructure impact everyone. Things like infant maternal mortality impact everyone as well. And so it's important to give voice to those things and support when when others give voice. So even if it's not, you know, something that impacts someone personally or it's not their profession to be involved in these efforts, it's still really important um, if there's a community forum, there's a town hall, there's a way in which you can say, this is important to me too. It's important to show up. Um, it's important to be engaged in social media or with legislators when they put forth an idea to say that that really um, is of value to me. It may not you know, have been my lived experience, but I'm supportive of your efforts to, to make it better for others in the community. Thanks to everyone for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for resources for hospital employees and advocates, as well as information about the March 12th through 13th Maternal Infant Health Summit. And be sure to join us next time for the My Care Champion cast.